This is the Humanity First Podcast. I am Chris Ryan. I'm going to be questioning Bamsey CEO Peter Evers today in a brand new aspect of the podcast, which is going to be called Ask the CEO. And in this part of the podcast, it's going to happen on a monthly basis. First week of the month is when the podcast will drop. Uh, we're going to take questions from folks around the community and also within Bamsey for Peter. You can send those questions to askceo at bamsey.org. And that's askceo at bamsey.org. If you have questions about the organization, comments that you'd like Peter to see and comment on, um, that is going to be what we'll be doing on the podcast the first week in each month. So get those questions in for April. Peter, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? I am also well. So let's just kind of give a general overview as to where things are at right now. I mean, what is the the state of the state of Bamsey at this point as we near the latter portion of the first quarter? Uh, the Omicron variant wreaked havoc, obviously, on the organization and the state for a period of months. Where are things at? Well, it's a big, broad stroke question, Chris. And, um, you know, I, I guess I would begin by saying that we're in a position now because of the incredible work that our staff have done over the last two years. You know, when you look back on the last two years, and it really is just about 24 months now, <clears throat> we've been battered and, and bruised. And, you know, we have struggled with staffing issues. We've struggled with uh, infections. Omicron was our highest number of uh, infections at any one given time. I think 161 uh, at the height uh, of the of that particular variant. But we're here. We're still standing. We're still providing unbelievably good care to um, some of the most vulnerable folks in the Commonwealth, um, and we're we're fighting for rates that that will represent um, a. Uh, maximum uh, uh, recognition for staff, not only in what they've done, but how we get them paid. Um, you know that in the middle of um, the pandemic, we made a decision and we called it the, the grand bargain. And the grand bargain was really to um, <clears throat> put staff wages and salaries up for direct care staff and nursing um, so that we would um, recognize the work that they've done and recognize them into the future. One of the things that we're going to be doing over the next few months is uh, lobbying our legislative delegation for fair rates, um, what they call uh, for adult um, residential uh, programs, uh, that we actually going to be able to pay people uh, a wage that reflects uh, what they're worth. Um, and that's a big, big piece of business for us over the next um, four to six weeks. It really is about persuading our legislative delegation that they really need to put their money where their mouth is. Everybody said essential workers are wonderful. Now it's time to prove that uh, in the rates that we pay folks so that they're not having to work two and three jobs. So without getting too much into the weeds, what does that what does that look like in that um, you're asking the legislator for um, more money? Uh, would it be specifically for you know, direct care staff um, in a certain aspect of the healthcare industry? Would it be all nurses? What, what, is this, what does this look like? Well, it's complicated because there's lots of different codes that we have. So we're negotiating on supported employment codes at the moment. We're uh, negotiating on uh, day hab rates and and obviously adult long-term residential rates. So all of those really need to come up 
um, to for us to be competitive uh, in a labor market which is very tight. So it is it is about the needing the rates to reflect the worth uh, in each of those, and we're doing that across the board with our programs at the moment. You people may remember that we are getting some uh, American Recovery Act money, uh, which is great, but that runs out in September of this year. Um, and Bamsey took the risk to make those uh, pay increases uh, permanent. And that's what we've done. And we're seeking um, uh, recourse from the state to recognize that in the, in the, um, in the, in the rates going forward. So would it be, um, as you mentioned, there's a number of different areas, but would it be for, you know, basically all of, of BAMSI workers and for LPNs and RNs across the, the state? And is that the direction we go in? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is about um, making sure that the gains that we made over these past two years are actually embedded in rates going forward instead of one-off payments. Um, it is important, and I think the state is beginning to realize, uh, I mean, there is not a day that goes by without a piece on the radio or the television about burnout, burnout for our health uh, professionals, burnout for our teachers, that was on the radio this morning, um, you know, burnout for people who've been doing the direct care work um, and haven't been able to stay at home and, and work from home. Uh, that is a special group of people, but so are our clinicians, you know, Chris, who are who have been able to um, make sure that they're still seeing people even when they couldn't uh, come to the office by um, utilizing um, technology and telehealth so that we're still able to provide those services. You know, that really is, <laughs> we need to make sure that those gains go into the future or else... I mean, I hate to say this, Chris, but we people won't be coming into this profession anymore, um, and that would that that would be a tragedy, given the importance of the work that we're doing. What do you think that would look like moving forward for whether it's uh, families, whether it's for society? as a whole. Um, what if there aren't people to do this work? Because certain jobs, you know, can be replaced by technology, um, that, that is the theory. But most of the jobs, if not all of them, um, that you have at Bamsey seem to be, you know, directly related to either oversight or direct care for individuals. So what does a, a world look like that has fewer nurses or direct care uh, workers or program managers? Well, I mean, I think you'd have to go back to um, what one <clears throat> famous politician said, that the true measure of the greatness of a country is how we care for those less vul more vulnerable and less well-off than ourselves. And I believe that. I believe that strongly. I believe that's what makes this country wonderful when, when you compare it to other countries in the world where there isn't that kind of in infrastructure. You know, we're a country that believes in human rights. We're a country that believes that everybody should be included. And uh, this is the living proof of this. This is the coal face of that inclusivity. If we don't have people to, that, that are willing to be part of a an amazing force, an amazing workforce, then, you know, we have families who are going to be consigned to having to look after people who they're not 
capable of doing so. We've got aging parents with adult children who have chronic disabilities and are total care. Um, I, it's hard to imagine. I, I think one of the things that might happen is that those folks will end up back in institutions, you know, in the hundreds where the, the work that is being done is not transformational. And again, you maybe look at some of those countries in Eastern Europe um, in the 90s and odds. Uh, I, I often think of Romania as a great example of a, of a, a failed state where, you know, children were, were, were just languishing um, prior to adoption uh, in massive institutions. You, you, we, we just cannot even begin to think that's a possibility for our country. Looking ahead, um, there, obviously, as you've been trying to manage the pandemic and keep services uh operational and successful, um, there's not been perhaps uh, the opportunity to look ahead and to plan for for the future. Um, in that realm, uh, what is in store? Well, I think we have. I mean, <clears throat> you can never take your eyes off the horizon completely, even though it was, you know, <laughs> it was all hands on deck for a long time. But, you know, there is in our strategic planning, some significant things that we're looking at. You know, one of the things that we we're trying to do is to increase our regional presence. Um, and that begins with rebranding, which we've spoken about in this uh, program before, making sure that BAMSI is a recognizable product, if you like, a recognizable provider, a provider that has the big advantage. Um, and that really is about making sure that we have a presence in our community. But it's also about... Um, diversifying our revenue streams. You know, we are never going to um, be completely successful relying on state funding because the state is not a great payer. It's a, it's a consistent payer, but a consistently low payer for our services. So in that sense, we've got to broaden our horizons in terms of where income is coming from. And uh, an example of that, Chris, would be our move to open a pharmacy. You know, that is absolutely in line with what we do. Many of the people that we have are on multiple medications and are relying on a third party to make sure that all of those blister packs and all of those um, those uh, pill regimens are followed um, is, is worrying to me, really. The idea of us being in control of that um, is something that I'm very much looking forward to. And we're hoping that we'll open a pharmacy um, in the late summer of this year. And we've already got a place um, um, picked out for that. Uh, and we'll be hiring staff to do that. That's another revenue stream that isn't entirely dependent upon the state. We're also looking at some of the great things that we do, Chris, some of the services that we provide to our own organization. Can those be provided to other smaller organizations that um, that um, find it difficult to afford things like training, things like facility management. So we're an organization that is thinking a little differently around how to balance the books, if you like, how to create income. And that income, and this is again the, the, the view of the organization, income generation is not for profit, it's to put back into the organization in terms of our facilities, in terms of being able to pay more 
than other providers do. And so those, those different lines of income are really about making BAMSI more solid financially so that we can look at other opportunities that come along. And perhaps some of those opportunities are mergers, maybe they're acquisitions, maybe they're biz- new business lines. You know, we should be looking um, at the type of services that we provide always and making sure that those services fit in. Um, and then, for instance, um, looking at the service delivery system and saying, is there anything that we could be doing that would fit into the, the services that we have that makes sense for our mission? And we're constantly doing that. And that's what the future look, look, looks like, I think, for me, Chris. It's that that constantly looking for opportunities and constantly looking for ways to, if you like, sell the idea of Bamsey as a concept, not just as a provider, but a concept in terms of service delivery. When you look at the pharmacy specifically, um, is this going to be an all-service pharmacy, all-service type of pharmacy where it's for everybody across the community is going to be focused mostly on our programs? Or is this supposed to be, you know, like any other type of commercial ish pharmacy uh, and how it is um, how it's utilized I think I mean that's a great question Chris and I think we have to wait and see I mean obviously we will start providing um, pharmacy services to a person served first that's it. that is the primary objective to make sure that that chain of uh, prescriptions uh, is um, best maintain quality of that. But there are all sorts of opportunities for us. For instance, our own staff could use that pharmacy, for example, if it's um, if it's convenient for them to do so. And I've worked in another place where we've done that, where you know people over time decide that actually it'd be much more convenient if I could pick up my prescriptions at work. Um, also, we'd be going into there are sort of other non-pharmacy sales that can happen there. And so, if you think about when you go into uh, CVS, there are all sorts of other things that you can get there, which are not prescription. Um, so, you know, over-the-counter medications, for example, um, you know, um, and other things for for the individual. So I think we have to wait and see, and we have to take that in stages. But maybe by year four, we might want to move out into a community-based pharmacy, but certainly not to start with. And the final thing here in our Ask the CEO uh, podcast with uh, Bamsey CEO Peter Evers. This is Humanity First. I am Chris Ryan. Um, again, if we want, to, if you want to contact Peter and have your question asked uh, on the podcast, we encourage you to email askceo at bamsey.org. The final thing is we have heard uh, the phrase endemic used a lot that the pa- that's the pandemic is coming to a close and we're towards the end of it do you believe that that is where we are and if so how do you see the bamsey you know staff and um, the individuals that we serve uh, coming together once again um, because it, we have been apart as a society for 2 years some people haven't actually worked in the office in 2 years um so are we at in the endemic stage? And if so, how do we bring people back uh, together? Well, I think it's a great question. And just to remind ourselves, what is that? What's the difference? And, you know, in terms of what pandemic to endemic, this sort of notion of us living with something as opposed to fighting it, I think. And, you know, I think 
we are approaching that. And who knows? I mean, I've heard some rumors of the stealth Omicron and there are B1 and B2 versions of that, I think, which we're still looking at. Um, but let's just let's just take your question on face value, Chris. I, I think, you know, we have learned a great deal from this uh, pandemic. As we move into endemic, which means that we're living with this, it probably means that people will need to continue to be vaccinated uh, and boosted. Um, Israel, other countries have taken, um, have, have pushed out the fourth dose um, and the, uh, the, of the booster. And so I think we're moving into a world where we're continually protecting ourselves with the best um, vaccines. We're developing a therapeutic, you know, so that there is a pill uh, which minimizes uh, the, the uh, severity of the infection. Um, and we're gradually beginning to return to a new way of doing business. And I, I, avoid, I avoid saying the return to normal because within this organization, we're moving to a hybrid model. We've learned that many functions can do their job in anywhere, in a, in a remote setting, from home, et cetera. With that comes savings, if we're smart about that, and we rework and re-engineer our, our business office so that we don't own our offices and desks anymore, so that we hotel, if you like, and, and share space. So our principal office is at home for many people and coming into the office a couple of days a week means you sort of rent, if you, if you know what I mean, the space that you're coming into. We have been piloting for the last month or so a program called uh, Mathematica, which allows us to uh, book seats when we come in. Um, so we're moving into a new phase of work, Chris, but we must be really careful that we still allow people to have that social interaction at work and don't, and people don't become, um, you know, isolated from their, um, from their colleagues and their teams. So we've got to be really careful when we think about this new hybrid, when we think about our new um, business environment. So there'll be space for people to socialize, space for people to meet. Um, so it won't be a drab, uh, sort of gray place you come to book a, um, a, a desk for the day. We've got to make it more interesting than that. We've got to make it more uh, interactive because we all know work isn't just about coming to do your work and then going home. It is about meeting and socializing with people and, and, and creating ideas, having a creative spark with each other. And we cannot lose that. So the hybrid model, I think, is, is a blend of the old uh, and what we knew with with uh, COVID, which pushes into the new. Peter, thank you so much. And again, if folks want to ask questions of Peter on our next to Ask the CEO podcast, uh, you can do so by going sending email to askceo at bamzi.org. Again, that's askceo at bamzi.org. And that next podcast is going to drop in early April. Peter, thank you so much. Thanks, Chris. Take care. That is Peter Evers. I am Chris Ryan. This is Humanity First.